0: Hello world, I'm Del Hussein, and this is the Wow Mind. So I am delighted to be joined today um, by Doctor April Given. Dr. April Given, is a um, she's the CEO of Urban Counseling Clique and um, a professional hypnotherapist as well, and is dealing with um, communities, youth. I think you're based in Dallas, are you, Dr. Yes,
1: April? Yes, okay. I am.
0: And um, Dr. April, just in a very quick nutshell, has a really interesting background. She was in the US Army um she has become a phd and has been practicing for about 10 years i think in practice and yes. um is now herself a, a really prominent podcaster in the united states uh, to begin with um i guess dr given wonderful to see you how are you how's it going over there
1: i'm great wonderful to be here thank you for having me as you stated i am a, a licensed psychotherapist also a certified trauma therapist and a certified hypnotherapist here in the state of Texas. But I am the CEO of Urban Counseling Click, which is a nonprofit organization um, here in the Dallas, Texas area. So I do have other clinicians that work under me as well as interns that I supervise um, in my practice.
0: So you've been, uh, you you set up your practice and what was the mission, what made you do that? why not just go and work Within
1: a hospital? Um, Starting out um, after I received my license, I did. I worked for uh, uh, behavioral health clinics, behavioral health hospitals. I worked for some of the um, insurance agencies. So I have dabbled in a lot of different things. I worked at a domestic violence shelter. So I did all of that before entering into private practice and starting my own. So my end game was always to be in private practice and run my own organization. But I wanted to learn from from people who were already doing it. So once I um, left the managed care, I went into private practice full time and started working for myself.
0: And now the, the kind of uh, areas that you're dealing with, I think you're dealing with some really big areas, which I'm sure are being impacted now. People with depression, it's gonna be a big area, um, I think people with anger disorder probably more so than ever people are asking why why what's this happening to me right now and I think you've also been quite involved with post-traumatic stress disorder as well amongst Mm -hmm. just a few of the areas yeah Um, yes (laughs) have you seen have you seen those areas kind of increasing as a result of lockdowns as a result of the, the climate we're in right now
1: Oh, absolutely. I also call this, even though we're dealing with the coronavirus and the pandemic, I also refer to this as a mental health pandemic. Every mental health professional, therapist that I know are being overwhelmed with clientele at this point. I mean, we get numerous of calls on an everyday basis to where we have to refer them out to other clinicians in the area because we just don't have any room.
0: But I mean, in the work that you, you, you do, Dr. April, I mean, uh, an awful lot of it is talking to people about, I think, self-esteem and how they see themselves. Um, yes. What seems to be, what seems to, what is making, and this seems to be an area that's growing more and more, what seems to be making the mass of people look at themselves and start feeling like this now? I, I can't believe it's all because of corona. It must be, I don't know, is it social media? Is it, what is it? Are we becoming inhibited by things or?
1: Well, I, I think because of the coronavirus now, it, it, it may have increased because of the coronavirus because people have the opportunity to be inside more to where they don't pretty much have a choice. It, social media has been a lifesaver for a lot of people. And, you know, watching TV, watching anything, watching social media, you know, TikTok has increased, people are making videos. So seeing this stuff, because now, because you're locked down, you don't have the other avenues, so you have to go to the internet, you have to watch TV. And I think seeing that, because we have these images that portray on TikTok and Instagram of people that's portrayed. Train that they have it all together. They have the homes, they have the cars, they look really nice. They're doing these things in these videos and other people who may not necessarily have all of that is really questioning themselves at this point. So it is a mirror and it's a self-reflection of, okay, I see that I want that because they have that. So how can I acquire that? So it's, it's stemming from being visual and seeing those things, but also thinking that, okay, well maybe I need to step up and do something more with my life. What is my purpose? I get a lot of people that are questioning their purpose right now. Like what do I'm I'm supposed to be doing? You know, I don't necessarily know. And, And my answer to that is first search what you are passionate about and what are your talents? Everyone has a talent. We all have talents, be it singing, writing, cooking, doing hair, drawing, whatever there's a talent there. So maybe figure out how can you use that talent and maybe turn that talent into a stream of income.
0: Uh, Dr. April, I mean, you came into, into medicine, into this stream of medicine, but prior to that, you had another career. Um, you had a career in the army. And I, I'm fascinated by this, as I'm sure a lot of people will be. Um, can you talk us through that? What I mean, what made you join the army? How old were you when you joined the army?
1: Uh, Well, I was 17, coming out of high school. Um, I enlisted in the um, Army National Guard. So I, my initial, I guess, uh, thing for enlisting in it, because I wanted a challenge for myself. I was this um, cute little cheerleader (laughs) type, you know, girl growing up and you know i i always wanted to explore the world i wanted to you know do something different do something challenging so that was my initial a uh, reason for joining for the the challenge of it to prove to myself that i can do it and when i initially went off to boot camp it just really opened my eyes to when i when i returned i was like this should be mandatory like Everyone should have to do this, you know, because you learn so much about yourself and it's, it's just a whole different level of discipline that you acquire by going through something like that. You know, it can be life-changing because you really have to push yourself and it's, and it's, it's a mental process as well because your process of all these things that the military teach you mentally to prepare you to be able to fight Mm -hmm. so it just it it strengthens you as a person overall and it teaches you many different core values
0: uh so you were trained to to fight really yes um and did you did you have to go anywhere did you stay in the u.s or well
1: (laughs) i stayed in the u.s my unit was actually um, activated and deployed during 9-11. So my wow. unit went off to Iraq, um, but I stayed back at the unit and completed, my. me and a couple of others stayed back at the unit and completed the jobs there while the unit was in Iraq for a year.
0: And uh, in terms of yourself, when you're here, when um, soldiers are based in, in the U.S., I mean, because this is the thing we always think. But it's a bit like firemen in this this country, right? You think, well, if there's no fires, what do firemen do? So, in the case of the army, if if you're not at war, how do you how do soldiers occupy themselves? What what's the is it just you get these young people, you tire them out? and you train them so they're always ready uh, and disciplined but it's almost you know i can imagine it's a bit like a fighter training for a fight but actually not going to fight is it like that or is it
1: Well, no and that you know but that's that's a really great question because that's a misconception that a lot of people have of the military the military um the army in particular and all the other branches navy marine you it's a regular job just like you would go to your you're nine to five, you know, at your office or, or company or somewhere. It's the same thing. When, when they're not activated to go to war per se, um, to fight in another country or do something in the land, they are working their job. We're trained in particular different fields. Like my, um, what we call it is MOS. So my job in the um, military was a logistics supply specialist. So that's what I did. I would, you know, process supplies that went into the base. Um, you know, so we had a lot of different things there. You know, supplies on the truck, boxing those up. So those are things that still everyday military operations. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not at war, you still have to do these jobs. You have some military uh, jobs that are cooks, some military jobs that are um, medics that they're you know, in the, in the medical arena. Some of them are engineers, mechanics. So you're still doing that. The mechanics are still working on the vehicles, the Humvees, the different things on a daily basis to make sure those things are ready in the event that there is a war or activation where you have to go away and do some things.
0: And in terms of your um, involvement in the US Army, I mean, you were there for eight years. Yes. And um, and at what point did you think, okay, I need to do something else? What what made you think next? There's something new I need.
1: Well, you know, it, it was also a great source for me for college. I had spending money um, while I was in college. So it wasn't something that I wanted to make a career out of, per se, to okay. retire in it. So when it was coming up for me, because we have an opportunity where we can re-enlist and stay in um, I just didn't re-enlist. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go pursue, you know, the, my initial field was being a pediatrician. So my undergrad degree is in biology pre-med. So after I finished with with my degree in that, you know, I, I waited, I think, for a year or two. And then I decided, okay, how can I I merge both of these? I don't necessarily want to go to medical school what else do I like doing? And so I know I like helping people. I was a good listener and I liked talking. So, and I'm a people person. I love interacting and just talking to people. So I started looking and researching into counseling. And then I started my master's program in counseling. So I started working on that and completed that and started working in that field. And what? three years later, (laughs) decided to uh, pursue my PhD. It was always in the back of my head, whether I should, whether I shouldn't. And I was like, okay, you know, this is what I really want to do. So let me take this route and become a doctor as opposed to, so when I was looking at the different professions, you know, going into medical school, working as a doctor in a hospital or things like that, or even been an attorney, you know, those are stressful jobs. Mm. So not mm-hmm. saying my job is not stressful, but I love what I do. It's a passion of mine. And it's, it's not a job to me because I love doing it.
0: But how, how are you doing this? I mean, this idea of the, uh, the law of attraction, I think the law of attraction has, has had some bad press um, mm-hmm. be- because of things like The Secret and people saying, okay, well, this is, uh, part of it is, is really relying on people's vulnerabilities and, the, and whereas there's a huge camp that says, do you know what? That's not true. And actually you can do great things through belief, uh, which, I, which, I, which I concur with really. Um, but talk to us about it because you're a practitioner of this.
1: We live in a, in a universe. We live in a world that, you know, we, we attract things based on our thoughts. If you think negative, I mean it's it's just been proven that you will attract negative things to your life. You will never mm-hmm. get ahead. Things don't ever seem like they're working because that's what you are constantly feeling and thinking. It's your belief. But as opposed to the opposite, if you think positive and you start believing you know, that you can have things and and you are a positive person, you start to see the rewards. My favorite mantra is everything is always working out for me. And I honestly believe everything is always working out for me.
0: I mean, this is brilliant because uh, when one is trying to get into this mindset that you have uh, and this way of thinking, could you maybe give them some tips on, the kinds of ways that they should look at this. How can they frame this? What, what, you know, things are always working out for me is a really great disposition to have. Um, but what does that involve? What do you need to think? What do you need to believe?
1: Well, oh. you have to think in those words, in that sense. When I say everything is always working out for me, there is no other option. I don't think that things are going to fail or I don't have the fear. I believe fear is an illusion and that we, it, it exists because we give power to it. So if you think along those lines, it's a lot of brain conditioning, kind of like a, a behavior modification that you go through on a consistent basis to believe these things. Now, this is not gonna happen overnight where someone just go, oh, I can just do this. It, it's a practice, it's a process. Um, the brain generally takes 21 days to actually form a a habit Mm -hmm. and it's embedded into your subconscious. So I always tell people the first first start of this is maybe listening to affirmations or creating a list of affirmations and saying that on an everyday basis for 21 days until your brain starts to wrap around it and really believe these things that you're telling it.
0: Right now, I think with the, the world that we're in, where there's a lot of businesses that are struggling to survive. Um, and I think the lockdown, the the furloughs that are out there, you know, all this stuff. Um, and you've got a business person there who's thinking, man, this is all just turning to dust. What would be some advice for somebody like that who is trying really hard to pull some energy out and some fire out of themselves to move forward? What would you what would you say taking all of this stuff?
1: Well, just that, Create, creating a maintenance plan is what I, I generally tell my clients. Like w- the maintenance plan would consist of, you know, your personal schedule of what you're willing to do on an everyday basis. I feel like everyone should have a maintenance plan planned out. You know, life happens of course, and you may not be able to stick to this schedule, but start with a, a calendar or have a big poster that you're placing on your wall or somewhere that you're, you're passing by every day, as long as it's on display and create this schedule of, okay, Sunday, wake up eight o'clock, you know, maybe hygiene, breakfast, what's, what's happening after that from nine to 10? I'm self-care time. I'm spending time with myself. That means, hey, I'm journaling. I'm practicing the affirmations. Maybe I get a workout in, some type of cardio. You know, I'm a strong believer in exercising. That's really good for your mental health. At least 15 or 20 minutes a day of that. So having that schedule mapped out, okay, after I finish my self-care, my things that I'm working on myself, then what's next? what, what after that, maybe I can go take a walk, you know, maybe there's work time from between that time. Then after I'm done with work, what's, what's this time span looks like. So have this schedule to where you're living life intentionally,
0: you know, in the States right now, I mean, you're, um, you're, you know, there's been a lot of talk at the moment about, you um, Certain movements that are happening in the in the US. I mean, the storming of the the US, you know, um, yeah. uh, kind of um, government buildings. That that's been quite a shock, I think, to the rest of the world. In the way we've perceived, you know, the US as the pinnacle of civil society, and mm. then all of a sudden something like this happens, and it kind of breaks that. I have no doubt that anybody who was crazy enough to go and march down to Washington, they felt they were doing the right thing, even though to the rest mm-hmm. of the world, it kind of looked like, this, why are you guys doing this? This is like a ridiculous thing to do. But they felt they're doing the right thing. So there's a certain level of understanding or programming or conditioning that they've had because um, they must be feeling, I don't know, uh, like they've been forgotten or something. And they felt this was a way of showing something i mean there's a clearly an issue here Um, yeah
1: well they felt their their president was cheated so those people felt you know the election was stolen it was rigged um it was a lot of fraud that took place and they just felt like their candidate you know was was cheated out of something that he deserved and he's supposed to have so as a result you had this this language and this rhetoric that was going on and people you know felt like they needed to act they were told to act so they became followers and that's what they did
0: and now in the but, states has it calmed down a little bit do you think
1: it has a lot of those same people who did that now believe that you know they were they were misguided You know, a lot of them are are, are changing their tune because they really thought that, you know, the current president was going to be arrested. They think the Democrats are pedophiles and have these sex scenes and all these things going on. So now that they see that these things haven't happened, no one was arrested. It's like, okay, what have we been told? Was this all just a conspiracy? Like they said it was, or, or what? So a lot of people are questioning themselves now to the legitimacy of all of it.
0: And have, uh, mm-hmm. you know, also during this period, there was this huge movement of uh, Black Lives Matters. And that it had this huge ripple around the world, you know, in, in the UK, uh, we massively resonated because it's such a multicultural society. Um, and I think that was a really good thing. How How is that now being played out in the States? Is it, uh, are they developing more with it? Because arguably, I think the last government suppressed it. And, uh, you know, there was this feeling amongst people that things need to change. Um, are you already beginning to see the signs of change?
1: Cool. I we still have a long way to go. I think this is a great start. It's a beginning because you know we have a, a vice president of color, we have a, a president that's for all Americans, and, and now they are working toward, you know, pushing their their positive agenda to get things to get things done and get things back on track. But I think like right now, because nothing has really happen per se, the Black Lives Matter is quiet. You know, people misinterpret, you know, what it is. Black Lives Matter is not just saying, you know, it's strictly for, you know, Black people lives. It's saying, you know, make Black lives a priority as well as other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, the Black and Brown people were being killed by the police and, you know, all these things. So it seemed like there's, there wasn't any justice being done. So which formed the Black Lives Matter movement of protesting and making sure, hey, we need justice as well. You know, don't forget about us. Our lives matter, just like anyone else's lives matter.
0: But well, look, thank you, Dr. April. And uh, long may it continue and grow And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon.
1: Okay. Thank you as well. Thank you for having me. Have a great weekend.
0: And you. Take
1: care. Bye. Bye.